What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Hitting a pitched baseball. One of the hardest things to do in all of sports. To be sure, there are many different philosophies on what it takes to be a good hitter. But at a time when major league hitters are striking out at historic rates and hits are at historic lows, now just may be the best time to reevaluate current philosophies and to consider new ones. Today's guest, former Major League Baseball player Homer Bush, has what he believes is the solution to the problem. And you'll hear all about it right here on Sports 360. Today on Sports 360, we are privileged to have with us former Major League player Homer Bush. Over the course of his career from 1997 through 2004, Homer played for the New York Yankees, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Florida Marlins. And he was part of the 1998 New York Yankees World Series championship team. Uh, Homer joins us today on Sports 360. And Homer, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, I'm uh, excited to uh, share my knowledge on hitting. Yeah, and and yeah, and I know that is that that is near and dear to your heart. You and I have had several conversations offline where we talked about your philosophy of hitting and and some really interesting things that I want to get into today. And in fact, you are an author of a book, right? Hitting low yeah. in the zone: a new baseball paradigm. And so. I'd like to talk uh, about about the book and your philosophy um, and jump right into it because, you know, the, the, the title of the book really suggests your premise and your, your, your underlying philosophy, and that is that hitting low in the zone is key to being a consistent or an elite hitter. And, you know, just noting for the record, you were a pretty good hitter as a major leaguer, right? You hit 285 over the course of your career. Um, but how is it that you came to the conclusion that hitting low in the zone is the key to successful hitting? You know, uh, just keeping up with the times and getting into that uh, big data. Uh, I started studying psychometrics, um, started to understand a little bit more and I've always knew that hitting consisted of location, not so much about pitch type. So it was kind of like the uh, perfect storm um, for someone who had played and got into sabermetrics after their career. And the premise of the book is uh, you want to be able to entertain the location where uh, the largest opportunities exist if you want to be a good, consistent hitter year in and year out, like the Mike Trouts and uh, Miguel Cabrera's of the world. And, and the hitting low in in the zone. Um, first of all, and I, and I think I asked you this offline before, and that is, is is that what's the data behind that that would sort of corroborate that hitting low in the zone is the key to more consistent, more elite hitting? Well, and I um, uh, started getting further and further into the data. 
I noticed that uh, roughly about 50% of opportunities for all hitters, and some between 47, 48, but uh, usually 50% or more of opportunities exist for all hitters in the, um, the bottom part of the strike zone and below, so slightly uh, underneath the, uh, the hitting zone. So, you know, we've got to be able to maximize production on those pitches. We can't try to uh, take them with the hopes of drawing walks because uh, umpires are calling those pitches strikes. So um, hitters today, um, whether you're in high school, minor league ball, or even the major leagues, you've got to be able to get some positive production off of those pitches. Right. Now, from a pitcher standpoint, right, for years and years, pitchers are told to keep the ball down, keep the ball down, keep the ball down. So it almost seems a natural that hitters would look down. Um, but is that the case or not? <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, in some cases, but you know, ever since Moneyball has come on the scene, I don't know, 20 years uh, now, um, uh, a lot of hitters try to take those pitches with hopes of drawing a walk. And what I'm finding is if you take too many of those pitches, then your overall production at the end of the year um, is going to uh, suffer. So uh, some do, some don't. Like take Mike Trout, for instance. Everybody knows that he's a prolific low ball hitter. But how good of a low ball hitter is he? Well, to give you a visual, I like to say a ball, one ball above the kneecap down to the ground, Mike Trout averages over 100 hits a season. Now, that's pretty impressive when, you know, he's only averaging about 175 hits a year. So um, in areas where hitters have been taught to look up in the zone, make sure the pitcher gets the ball up, uh, he's only getting about 40%, 40 45% of his production. You, you know, you just mentioned something that, we often hear, uh, and that is, you know, make him get the ball up, make him get the ball up. <laughs> but it seems that what we're suggesting is that's not a good idea to make the pitcher get the ball up. <laughs> what gives on that on, on that score? You know, I think uh, if you can get the pitcher to get the ball up, you'll do fine. But the problem is, it just doesn't happen because they're not going to have a successful pitching career if they're constantly elevating the ball. So um, if a hitter really understood that, that you, you know, the game, the pitchers control the game. You have to go uh, day in and day out where he's more comfortable. Uh, a really cool example is um, Keiko from the Houston Astros. He throws 70% of his pitches down in the area in which I just spoke of. A ball above the knees down to the ground, 70%. So if you're not attacking low pitches off him, you're severely, um, uh, you know, hurting your chances of being successful off, him, off of him as a hitter. So are, are there some ways that a hitter can go about hitting low in the zone? Are there some techniques that, you, you know, you would suggest that a hitter should employ to effectively hit low in the zone? 
sure. And it's being employed by a lot of uh, hitting coaches, whether at the major league levels or just um, uh, amateur hitting coaches. Basically, the front side of the body determines your access to pitches. If you want to hit a low pitch, you angle down the front side of the body. Um, if you want to hit a high pitch, then you stand up taller. And so the front side of the body usually determines your access to pitches, whether it's high, low, in, or out. If we think about some of the Hall of Famers, uh, especially guys I grew up watching, like Ricky Henderson, Tim Raines, Pete Rose, um, Rock Cruz before my time, but you can throw him in that category as well. They were all low in their legs, uh, angled down, really like covering the plate, like they were protecting the plate. And uh, that's the easiest way to do it. And uh, in Altuve's situation in Houston, his height is a major advantage, I feel. And why is that? Because he's a shorter in stature, right? So, uh, you know, he he doesn't have to angle down as much as a taller player would, like Dave Winfield and Frank Thomas did during their playing days. Mm. Okay. Now, it, we've had several conversations that I alluded to um, already, and one of the phrases that you've used several times is something that you refer to as zone profiles, right? Zone profiles. Uh, can you describe for us what zone profiles are? Sure. So zone profiles, they're uh, a part of sabermetrics, and they're created by what's called a pitch FX uh, system that's installed in every major league ballpark. And what this does is it studies uh, all pitches uh, thrown in a baseball game. So you get uh, location, spin rate, um, usage, uh, and outcomes. So for a hit, for uh, for a hitter, that's important because you get an opportunity to see where pitchers are pitching you from at bat to at bat, and from game to game. At bat to at bat, from the standpoint of now they have um, the iPads in the dugout, so you can take immediate information. Uh, from a game, study it, and then go to the plate and make the adjustment. So at the end of the day, that those pitches where they land and the velocity creates your zone profile for the day, and then it just uh, accumulates throughout the year. And how does a zone profile relate, if at all, to another zone, and that's the strike zone, you know, is, you know, um, you know we're hearing about zones. So is, is there any relation between a, a zone profile and a, and a strike zone or a hitting zone? I mean, what, um, take us through some of that, because it seems to me there's some overlap, but there's also some differences. Absolutely. There's definitely overlap. So the way pitch FX does it is it gives you the whole scope, but with inside of that scope is the actual strike zone that's perceived. Well, um, you know, the one thing that I want for the listeners to take away is, is that 
there's only roughly about 40 to 42% of pitches thrown inside of the strike zone. So you're looking at, you know, well over 50% of opportunities outside of that strike zone. And, you know, knowing that, we've got to increase our chances of being successful by going to the areas outside of the strike zone that's going to give us the chance of being successful. And what we're finding is that elevated pitches outside of the strike zone, the traditional strike zone, which is below the knees up to the numbers uh, above the belt on uh, on the jersey, um, the higher you get, the tougher it is to be successful. So uh, it's just it's just kind of you know it's kind of strong, but I like to say it's just kind of common sense to to go to where you know you can access uh, the easiest pitches outside the strike zone, which is down. Mm-hmm. You mentioned to me once, and, and and I may phrase it in a way that is not exactly the way you said it, but but you made the point of saying that if a hitter focuses on the traditional strike zone, that he's going to have a hard time being a consistently good hitter. That, you know, that the focus shouldn't be on the strike zone, but perhaps on the hitting zone. I think that's what you were talking about. So can you just explain that part of it? You know, if you go up there saying, hey, I'm looking for strikes, I'm looking in the strike zone. How is that actually something that doesn't work to the hitter's advantage? Uh, the short answer is that um, you're minimizing your opportunities. Throughout the course of the season, um, you know, qualified hitters get 500 plate appearances or more. And if you're only throwing 100 to 120 hits out there because you're trying to hit that perfect strike, then you're going to be in the bottom of the league um, in production and baseball, you know, we can give it the look of sabermetrics analytics, but at the end of the day, you're graded on your stats and stats are driven by high volume. So, uh, you need, uh, success outside, outside of strike zone to complement the traditional strike zone. And that's just, uh, I don't care. Uh, how talented, or it doesn't matter how talented a player is, if you're just really focused in on that strike zone, you're going to have a tough time being successful. Now, a lot of this, Homer, sounds pretty direct, makes sense. It even sounds simple in a way, right? At least in in theory. I'm not saying the execution is necessarily. Um, Is this approach that we're talking about here today something that's you know, widespread and embraced uh, 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 on a on a on a broad level, or or not. It, it is like it. Um, I, I like to say it's nothing new to um, baseball executives, but the problem is they have not had someone that uh, can explain it from the front office to the player, and then they can go out and apply it. The reason for that is because the ability to execute um, is difficult at the major league level. You know, guys are competing. Um, so you get into a timing issue. You get into, uh, you know, making sure you have the correct body positioning, the correct swing path. 
you know, one of the things I like to ask people to think about is the whole launch angle, the uppercut and the swing. Well, look exactly where the barrel is entertaining if you're actually taking an uppercut, which is the hot thing now. The barrel is actually angled down. So your offensive production is probably most likely to be down if you're successful at it. And the reason for that is because it helps the batter elevate the baseball um, often to try to beat the shift. And so getting into the shift is a whole other beast, but at the end of the day, follow the barrel and you'll see where baseball thinks the best opportunities are, and that's down. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned launch angles because I was that that's where I was going next because we hear so much about launch angles um, and hitting the ball in the air. And there's been a lot of talk about hitters increasing their chances of being successful by hitting the ball in the air as opposed to hitting it on the ground. First of all, are you a proponent of that that thinking? Well, yes, but with a twist. Um, for me, I'm not using launch angle to try to hit home runs. I'm I'm using it to try to entertain low pitches and try to keep it off the ground or get it over the infield as often as possible. So I try to stay away from launch angle because it's very controversial. Uh, but at the end of the day, I know that uh, when you step into the batter's box, all you can try to do is hit the inside part of the baseball, which is going to be the bottom inside, or you're going to come around the ball, and that's going to create your ground ball effect. So, so you see where I try to keep it simple, more about uh, access to pitches, not the result that launch angle gives that you're trying to hit it for a home run or shoot it in the gaps as often as possible. Now, I'll take it, but it's not my priority. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right, of course. And yeah. and on that score, though, right, I mean, we, we're seeing in baseball today record numbers of home runs, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of hitters who are, you know, I used to hear the phrase a lot, swinging from their heels, right? I mean, there's a lot of hitters that seem to be just, you know, you know, really engaging in that uppercut swing and we're seeing more home runs, but um, we're also seeing more strikeouts too. And I don't know where we are now, but for a significant part of the season, we were on pace to see more hitters striking out than actually getting base hits. Right. So what's going on here, right? Um, If, if, if we're all about, about that launch angle and the barrel of the bat is down, it would seem that hitters are swinging low in the zone, um, but they're not doing it very well. Um, what would be your explanation for what we're seeing out there with so many strikeouts and decreasing number of hits? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because there's very few things that I'm 100% sure of, but Here's one I am 100% sure is going to happen. They're going to realize that baseball is meant to be played off balance because a pitcher's job is to disrupt the timing of a hitter. Well, how can we prioritize power 
when we're not taking the swing over 50% of the time, where we're not at our best balanced position. So the fact that home runs have become a big thing in baseball will change, no doubt, because it's always been a singles, double ball game for years when teams were getting anywhere from 16 to 1,800 hits a season. Because what's going to happen is they're going to quickly realize that from pitch to the point of contact, velocity off the bat cannot be a problem, cannot be a priority because you don't know the location of the pitch. And by the way, when the ball is halfway to the plate, the eyes have no role. So how can you have max swing on a pitch you can't see and you're most of the time on one leg doing it? Mm. Now, can, can it be done? Sure. But the problem is it can't be done as often as we need for it to be, for the game to be exciting. It, and so what's what's happening, and it just, um, it's just par for the course, and that is hitters are over-swinging and not being more disciplined in taking the barrel to the ball, no matter the the, uh, the state of the body positioning at the swing. So that's one thing I cannot wait uh, to change because when you make distance a priority, you eliminate a lot of young players from uh, – you know, having the dream to play in the major leagues because the perception is that we'll take the strikeout as long as you give us 20 home runs. And that is, to me, I, I just can't imagine that being the game plan for, for too long. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Homer, I want to ask you something that is apparent to me, and I think it should be apparent to our listeners, and that is in listening to you speak, it's clear that you are a student of the game, that you are a student of hitting. Um, What are some of the things that, you know, you have been studying, some of the sources that that, that you've used to to help you come to some of the conclusions that you're sharing with us today? Well, you know, I always say one of the things Derek Jeter does very well is he surrounds himself with good people and that help him make good decisions. And so for me, when I struck out on this journey, it was to help my son not be a casualty of sabermetrics because you can get a, you know, uh, I got a feel that sabermetrics is not going away no time soon. So you literally have to give teams what they want. So for me, it started off studying just very basic stuff like hot zone and talking to some pretty intelligent people I thought could advance my knowledge and help me with research. I, I like to, you know, I like to talk with attorneys. I like, you know, guys that are, uh, you know, that doesn't mind reading and love tons and tons of information. So uh, some friends of mine, they would send me to these different sabermetric websites. So brooksbaseball.net has been very helpful. They actually have a pitch. Uh, uh, they, get, they receive information from Major League Baseball uh, from a pitch FX, um program. So, uh, they're very, uh, very nice. Their website is user friendly. It's at brooksbaseball.net. Uh, I also use MLB.com, uh, sabermetric, uh, uh, as a, uh, as a sabermetric resource. I, uh, it's called Baseball Savant. 
you know, so I, I, I go back and forth. So then one thing just kind of led into another. It was literally I was studying hot zones where the initiators had more red boxes on the bottom than a friend of mine who um, does research for uh, does research for a law firm found the Sabermetric website for me, and then I found the opportunities that goes in those boxes, which are zone profiles. So then uh, from there, he, they, uh, he would always say to me, well, you can't take someone a problem. You have to take them the answer. So then I got into the biomechanics and the swing path and why certain things happen at the plate due to how much time you have. Uh, and, and I know, you know, uh, when when something's a natural progression, uh, you know, you hope that it ends somewhere. But in baseball, it just goes on and on and on. And before you know it, I was studying baseball data, uh, analytics. Um, I was studying biomechanics. I mean, video analysis. So, but it was fun. It was intriguing. So it never became too much. Now, with all that studying and all the things you're talking about, right? Sabermetrics, um, you know, hot zones and and biometrics and all of these things. There are many old school players, including some of the best players who ever played the game, Hall of Famers, who will hear all this scientific stuff, big data stuff, and say, give me a break, right? <laughs> um, many of them would be, you know, see the ball, hit the ball type of a philosophy. Um, what, what would be your answer to some of the more veteran players who, or Hall of Famers, some of the great hitters of the game who say, this this stuff is over the top? What, what, what would be your response? You know, I would say you're definitely fair and you're thinking, but there's a way to simplify. I'll give you an example. Uh, when there's a positive outcome, it's a hit or a walk. And then when it's a negative outcome, it's a ground ball, fly ball, or a strikeout. So let's think about walks, for instance. Like you're only going to be able to draw a walk from a pitch above the strike zone and below because anything over the plate is a strike. Well, when I study the physics of all pitches, the fastball is the only pitch that can stay above the strike zone. So, and it's also the most difficult pitch to hit. There's more tip fouls up there. And this is all stuff that's proven through the pitch effects system. So when, when you simplify it to, okay, here's the outcome I'm looking for and where is the best place I'm going to find it in these three zones. It makes it so easy. Like for me, I started thinking about uh, different batting stances I had, different games, and different at bats, and it was just like all coming to me. Like, oh man, this is this is like the perfect storm. Like I couldn't get enough of it because I could go to actual home runs where I would hit a pitch like a foot off the ground and say, "Wow, this is this has to be important to the process." So if you if you if you if you're able to uh I like to say I like to stay in my lane, keep it basically keep just keep it basic. I don't really get into the the big categories that they uh come up with on the segment metrics. I usually just stick to hits, walks, ground balls, fly balls and strikeouts. And I think they will enjoy it. 
Mm. Now, how how are you going about these days sharing this information? Are, are you working with professional players? Are you involved in in helping develop, you know, youth uh, baseball players? Uh, in what ways are you sharing this knowledge that you now have uh, about hitting low in the zone? You know, I'm working with some major league players. I'm working with some um, uh, minor league guys. I'm working with some high school players and some youth. And one of the things that Major League Baseball has done a fantastic job, along with uh, the Players Association, they do a lot of events for players from uh, age 12 up to 17. They've created it with like a pipeline system where uh, they send you to what's called elite development from 12 to 15 or 12 to 16. And that's where they uh, you go to Vero Beach, and I get an opportunity along with 20, 25 other former MLB players, and we get an opportunity to coach younger players uh, to try to get them on the right path. So I, I really enjoy that because we get to spend, you know, seven days with them uh, as opposed to just 30-minute battle lesson or, uh, or something. Then uh, 17, 18, they have what's called a breakthrough series, uh, and that's where you're getting into getting committed into college or getting ready to potentially be drafted. So, uh, you know, you're talking 250 to 300 kids um, uh, throughout the course of uh, the summer. Uh, then I also do um, what's called Honda Super Camps with the Toronto Blue Jays, and I'll do anywhere from 10 to 15 of those where we'll have 150 to 250 kids at a time. So I'm very passionate about this because I think I can help someone take their game to the next level and keep it simple. But that's what I've been doing here the last three or four years, and and I'm loving it and getting some really good returns. Sure. Now, um, you know, we often, as we get older, right, we, we we will sit around sometimes and say, boy, if I knew then what I knew now, I would be a bad man, right? Um, so when it comes to hitting, if you <laughs> knew <laughs> during your playing days what you know now, how do you feel that would have impacted your major league career? Jeff, I'm telling you, I would have been – a real baseball player. I was facing it. I was facing it until I made it during my career, right? But <laughs> right. I, <laughs> 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 one thing I can tell you is do not invite me to an alumni event because I, I, I've got to be hit 900 doing these events. <laughs> <laughs> I got the highest OPS in alumni baseball going right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would have been a totally different player. I would have walked more. Like I have a son who's 16, and he wants to play in the major leagues. And you know, I look at this young man. He's bigger, faster, stronger. But man, he understands sabermetrics. He knows how to walk. Like he actually, uh, hitters can control their at bats more than they think. When you think about it, if you're looking for a pitch down and you don't get it, you take it. You should probably do all right most of the time. Hit, walk, you know. So he's been very successful, and he's got a chance to do big things in baseball. So the information is helping my son as well, which that's what got me off on this, this journey. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And and again, I mean, I think when it comes to 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 hitting, first of all, right, it's often been said that that hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things in any sport to do. Um, and there are a lot of philosophies out there regarding what it takes and what it means to be a successful hitter. And so not everyone's going to agree with you. And I'm sure you've encountered that over, you know, as uh, over the course of your travels, but um, what it sounds like, you know, you put the time in, you've done the studying, you've applied it. And um, as far as you're concerned, this hitting low in the zone is the key to success. And hopefully, as you said, we'll see more of this into the, in, in the game because you touched on something earlier. It was very quick, but you said singles and doubles have always been a part of this game. And you talked about if we can return to that, we would see more excitement in the game. And I think that's something that no matter what your philosophy is on hitting, I think every baseball fan would like to see more excitement, more excitement in the game today. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, on my data and as far as, um, you know, um, me believing in it uh, and others, you know, kind of on the fence, the cool thing about this is it can be proven year in and year out. Now, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm very humble and I, and, I, and I try to be out of the, the light, but the book that I wrote, you know, I think it was published 2015, 2016. I'm having players re- reproduce this production every year. Like, man, that is like mm. award-type stuff. But the thing is, there's something going on in baseball where former players are not really allowed in on high-end decisions because the perception is that we can't think like hmm. the the Ivy League um, executives now, but I'm doing I am creating history, and no one will listen until they they run out of options where they can't come up with another stat. Like like Mike Trout, I said in 2015 he will get a hundred hits in a certain area, and he got a hundred hits. Like he does it every year. Like guys that are having like career years. They're getting 80 to 90 hits, like I said. If you get 80 hits or more by season end or 40 or more at the half, which that tells you you're on track, you'll have a good season. But no one will – they will not dig into the data because it's, it's, it's labor-intensive, I'll admit. You've got to go from one – you've got to go from the stats to the zone profile. You know, so you've got to go back and forth. Uh, so it's not easy. But, you know, when you're passionate about something like I am with this, um, uh, it, it, it's fun, it's easy, I enjoy doing it. I look at it every day. Uh, so saying that to say it will happen every year. So it's not going anywhere. I'm just waiting for someone to listen. Well, I mean, to the extent that you're able to go around and, and, and work with professional players, uh, amateur players, youth players, um, and even with your son, uh, you, you do have an opportunity to 
positively impact the next generation of hitters and even the current generation of hitters. And so good luck with, with, with all of that, but you know, Homer, this has been, you know, for me, an interesting conversation, not just today, but in the lead up to this, because it's clear to me, you, you've done a lot of thinking about this, a lot of study and you have a lot more to share. Um, but I do appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit with us today. And I wish you all the best going forward. So Homer, thanks for coming on today and, and, and sharing with us your, your, your philosophy of, uh, hitting low in the zone. And you also mentioned your book and, and, um, I know you said you're humble and you're right. You're, you're, you know, very, very humble guy, but, um, I, I'd like to, uh, just give the audience an opportunity. Where can they find more information about the book or actually get their hands on the book? You know, uh, they can go to hidden low, hidden low on the zone, uh, hidden low on the Um, and, and, but I tell you what, if you want to, Communicate um, back with me, uh, back and forth with me um, on uh, social media. I'm on Twitter at Bush Homer, um, and I'm on Facebook as Homer Bush, and I also have a fan page, Homer Bush Official, so on uh, Facebook. So, uh, you know, if you have any questions, any video you want to send me, um, I'd love to, uh, you know, just kind of go back and forth with you a little bit so they get a, a clear understanding of what I'm on. Uh, what I'm talking about. Okay. That, well, that's, that, that's great. And we'll be sure to repeat that information uh, for those who um, may need to hear it again, uh, even though they obviously can play this back if they want to, and they should right home. I mean, they should listen, listen to this three, four, five. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, hey, Jeff, thanks for the time. And uh, man, I tell you what, Jerry Manuel speaks very highly of you. So, Man, Jerry's a good man, so I know you must be. Yes, a good he man. is. Yes, he is. He he really is, and and I enjoy I enjoy being around him, and and um I enjoyed this conversation today, and also too, Homer. Uh, I like to continue having the dialogue because um, I think you're doing a lot of interesting things, and 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 things that are going to be helpful to the game, and so I like to continue that dialogue even beyond uh, this interview. So um, let's stay in touch on it, okay? Absolutely. I was telling my wife, you got yourself a mentee and don't even know it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Uh, that's okay with me. That's okay. So thanks again, Homer, for being on uh, Sports 360 with us today. All right. Take care. On the okay. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Homer Bush. Homer is a low-key guy but I believe he has some high-level knowledge about the art of hitting that players at every level should check out. As he mentioned, you can get your hands on more information at hittinglowinthezone.com or you can connect with Homer directly on Facebook and on Twitter. Speaking of connecting, I thank you for connecting with us today. As always, I appreciate you stopping by and for taking the time to like us and to share us with your friends. Scully is here to take me home now, so a brother is on the move. But I'm already looking forward to our next go-round when we will visit with you again right here on Sports 360.